You know, they call that the host is what we call. Xavier, he, he definitely brought us into the presence of God today, didn't he? Thank you. Let's give him a cheer. Him and his wife, Victoria, and such great leaders here. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good. Glad to be at church on Sunday morning. I hope so, because you made it this far, right? You got to be glad. God's glad that you're here. Do you understand that? Right? How many of you think that God's glad that you're here? Right? Are you glad to be here with God? It's a good thing, right? God wants to meet with us. And just before we turn to the, to the word and the message, I just want to also just celebrate this month of March. We're calling our month of training, right? Month of training. You've heard about it all this morning. Isn't that exciting? Right? All those people. Wasn't that incredible to see everyone who's come up and, and is going to be a part of it? And it's a really special month for our church because we're growing, right? Say it, growing. Going to the next level, right? We're going to see what God's going to do here in our community with us, through us, you know, in other people's lives, in our family, in ourselves, and it's a really powerful time. And I just want to invite everyone into that again, okay? So even if you're not in the classes, you can still come, come today, right? But if, if that's not something that you're able to make it to, think about this month as being a month of training. I don't think there's a better time in history that we have access to so many resources, right? How many of you can read, how many of you can listen, right? So you have, what, what's the, the great quote is like, if, if, you re, if you can read but you don't, then it's no better than not knowing how to, right? Have you ever heard that, right? It's, it's like you know how to read, you got to use that. It's a resource to you. God's given you a gift to be able to read or to listen to podcasts or to, you know, great, there's great resources out there. You guys get it? So I want to invite you to come on to a month of training with us. Can you do that? Think about it as all of Mercy Church this month, we're going to go on training. By the end of the month, can you have, you know, had a book that you're reading or have read or, you know, listen to there's so many great podcasts that are available or so many great resources. So if you'd like to join with us, we want to invite you as a church. Would you please join with us and all of the students and the teachers that you saw to be a part of this month where we're all going to grow? Say it, we're all going to grow. We're all going to find something, right? Something that it can help us learn and help us be better. You know what? I would give you some suggestions. Think about learning about how to pray. Read a book about prayer. That's pretty good, right? How about read the Bible? Read a book of the Bible more than once. Just read through it and become like, wow, I really learned that book. Or maybe listen to some podcasts about you know, how, to, how to see your, your neighborhood through God's eyes or how to be a better parent or, or a better child, right? You know, just think about relationships or things like that. We all can find something, right? You think that there's millions of resources, and even then, if you're stuck, there's a whole bunch of people who would help you here. So, so be a part of it. It's an exciting time. Let's say it. March is a month of training. Say it. And we're going to learn together. Amen? Amen. All right. Let me get this open up again. We are also kicking off a new series this month. We're doing them kind of month by month here. And uh, this new series, I'm going to kick it off today, is called Jesus is the Way. Say that out loud. Say, Jesus is the Way. Jesus is the Way. And what does that mean? Let me just talk about what this series is going to mean for March, first of all, and then we'll get into today's message. But, you know, as Christians or as people who are learning how to walk with God, right, we need to learn how to follow the way, Jesus the way, right? In John 14, 6, Jesus told them, he said, I am the way the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. And so if we want to know how to come to God, if we want to know how to come close to him, we've got to find a way. Have you ever thought, how do I come close to God? What's the way? What's the way close to God? Well, Jesus is the way. 
Jesus is the way forward. Have you ever thought, how do I have a great marriage? What's the way to have a great marriage? Well, Jesus is going to teach you how to have great relationships, right? How do I have self-confidence? Jesus is the way, right? God has given us Jesus Christ to learn how to live our life and walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He came down on earth to model to us what it's like to be a human in connection and relationship with God. And in fact, the early church, they used to call them followers of the way before they were called Christians, right? Say it, followers of what? The way. Say it, the way. Because what Jesus is teaching us is not just some thinking. It's not just some attitude, although it is thinking and although it is attitude, but it's a lifestyle. How are you going to live your life? What's the way you live your life? And if you learn how to live the lifestyle that Jesus Christ lived, to model your life after what Jesus Christ is modeling us, modeling for us, then you're going to live in the way that Jesus lived. That's why they call them the ways, because they looked at their life and they were like, wow, there's all these people who are living in a different way than the rest of us are living, right? And that is Christianity. That is the church. That is being a disciple of Jesus. That's what it means is to live a life that's following the way of Jesus, right? And there's a lot of things we're going to learn about that. We're going to spend a month on it. You can spend your lifetime living it, right? You can spend your lifetime learning it. But we're going to learn some things this month about how to live the way that Jesus lived. How does that sound to you? You guys like that idea? We call it lifestyle Christianity, right? The way that you're going to live is going to be modeled after Jesus. And we're going to ask a couple of questions throughout the month. We're going to say, is God's way, is Jesus's way relevant to us? Is it relevant to our time? Because our culture is trying to tell us that it's old school and old fashioned and not relevant anymore. But I would say that Jesus's way is more relevant now than it's ever been in the history of the world, right? Because it's the time that you're alive and it's relevant to you, right? It's relevant to your life and your family. So you have to come into understanding about the way of Jesus so that you can live in the way that Jesus lived. And then the next question we ask is like, well, do we know God's way, right? Maybe we need to learn, right? That's what March training is all about, get it, right? We're going to be trained and learn about what the way Jesus lived and how we can live that ourselves. And then we're going to ask, do we live in God's way? Do we actually live it out? Do we, do we follow it? And we're going to bounce through a couple of messages. We're going to hear from some different people. It's going to be a great time. But the number one question that I want to start off as we kick this series off, I want to ask us a question is, are we humble enough to find and follow Jesus's way? And I think that's a powerful question that I want to kick off and, and, and start asking you right now is, are you humble enough to actually let go of your way, right? Say it, let go of my way, and think that there might be a different way. There might be a different way than your way. You know, your, your parents had a way, you have a way of living, but Jesus has a specific way. You know, I know that in my life, I really struggled with that. I wanted to do it my way. Anyone else like that? My way or no, or no way. And uh, I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to be trained. I had to train my mind. I had to train my heart. I had to train my actions, my attitudes. I had to train myself to learn how to be humble enough to live in Jesus's way, right? And it's a daily battle to get your pride out of the way in order to live to be humble enough. But it's so humble. Jesus was so humble, right? He gave up heaven to come down and be formed in the likeness of a man, right? To become the way for us. 
And will you be willing to hear from him, listen to him, model from him, so that also your life and others around you can learn about how to live with God through what God's going to do in your life? Anybody ready for that with me? Are we willing to be humble enough? Why don't we we start by praying, Lord? Say, God, this month, through the month of March, Lord, I give to you my life. I give to you my pride. I give to you my choices. And I ask, Lord, that you would help me to see your way. And right now, I present myself before you with humility. And I say that I have an open heart. Say that with me. Say, I have an open heart. I have an open mind. I have an open spirit that you would show me your way so that I could live and model my life after what you're calling me to live in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay, so this first week, the message is called My Whole Life Long. And so we want to learn how to live Jesus' way our whole life long, right? Because sometimes we try things on for size. We try it out for a week, right? How many of you have signed on to those subscriptions where it's like, seven-day free trial? Anyone have, anyone have like 20 seven-day free trials that have turned into longer than free trials, Right? But that's kind of our mindset sometimes when we come to God. We're like, I'm going to try it out. I'll give you a seven-day free trial and see how it goes. And if things don't change quick, I'm out of here. Right? Because I want to see some real quick change. Right? A lot of people come toward God in times of desperation or frustration or hurt or pain or times where they want to see change. Right? I want to see God change my life. And we come to God and we're like, God, I need you. It's like, you know, 9-11 happened or when there's big moments like hurricanes or earthquakes or maybe pandemics, right? People come to God and they say things like, God, we need you, right? And then after a little while, we start going like, nah, maybe we don't, right? Ah, we kind of, we thought we did, but we actually survived without you. And uh, I know that we all go through that cycle a little bit in our lives of this, this kind of up of like, oh, maybe I should look at God. Maybe I should think about God. Maybe I should try it on. It's like trying on a new clothes. Have you ever tried on clothes at, at, the, at the store and you put it on and you look in the mirror, which, you know, and those things is like a foot in front of you and you're like, yeah, I think it looks okay. And then you go home and you go, nope. Right? <laughs> Anyone have a couple of things in their closet that you're like, yeah, no, never mind. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> All right, so we can't treat God that way, though, can we? Right, if we treat people that way, if you treat marriage that way, right, it's just not going to be healthy, ever. And if you treat yourself that way, right, have you ever tried yourself on like, yeah, I'm going to feel good today, and by the end of the day, you're like, no, never mind. Anybody? <laughs> we also can't do that with God, can we? We can't try God on and be like, hey, it didn't work. We want to learn how to live our whole life with God. Right? Our whole life in marriage, our whole life in self-confidence, not just a piece, not just a week, not just a couple of weeks, not just when we're young or when we're old or we're always waiting for, hey, when that happens, I'll feel better about it, right? Instead of committing through something to see it through to the end is what it requires in order to walk with God. And uh, what happens is when things don't change, we get pretty disappointed, right? And we go like, oh, it didn't work. When in fact, maybe it didn't work because we just didn't do it right, right? We just didn't really try. We didn't, we didn't really go there. We didn't seek God with all of our heart. We didn't give all of ourselves. We didn't really come to him for anything other than like rub the lamp and hope the genie pops out and gives us our three wishes. That's how we approach prayer, isn't it? God, I prayed three times and you didn't give me my wishes. I quit, right? And instead of learning, learning, building a life, and that's a word I want to help you guys think about is building a life building a marriage, 
right? Building a life with God, building self-confidence, instead of just trying to put something up real quick and seeing it fall, is learning how to build. Say that word to me. Say build. Build and letting it grow. Say grow, right? If you plant something in the ground and it doesn't grow overnight, you have the wrong expectations. <laughs> Some things take time to grow, and they take water, and they take food, and you've got to help them grow. Right? Things take time to build, right? You know, you have an empty plot of land, and you want to see a building on it. You have to prepare the ground. You have to prepare and lay a foundation, and then you, you know, if all you're thinking about is hanging pictures on the wall, right, there's a lot of steps that have to come before you can hang pictures on the wall. You get the idea? Right? And so we have to learn how to build our lives with God. We, we can have the wrong expectations, can't we? When we come to church, we just have the wrong expectations about people sometimes, about ourselves, about God, is that things take time, right? In fact, you've got your whole life, right, to do some things. You're going to be yourself your whole life long, right? And are you going to walk with God your whole life long? That's the question, right? Are we going to walk with God our whole life long? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says, Anyone who listens to my teachings, this is Jesus talking, right? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds, there's that word, right? Builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. So Jesus does not promise for, to us that there's not going to be storms, Right? You have to read that scripture from that perspective, don't you? That there's going to be a storm. It's not about whether or not there's not storms. And sometimes we come to God and go, God, I came to you. I went to church for like five Sundays in a row, and there's still storms in my life. I quit. Right? Our, our momentum just sags, and we get upset because we've had the wrong expectation. God is not coming to you saying there won't be storms. He's not coming to you saying there will never be a pandemic. He's not coming to you saying you will never have financial trouble. Right? He's not coming to you say that you get married and everything's going to be perfect. Because in every one of those situations, you will have things that you have to grow and learn and how to walk through. But what he's saying is that if you build your life on his foundation, it's built on bedrock. And it will not fall apart when the storms come. And we will have storms. But Jesus Christ is a solid foundation. Right? L let me read it again. Anyone who listens to my teaching, say it listens listens to my teaching, and follows it, right? Two things. That's lifestyle Christianity, right? You got to hear it. You got to know it. You got to receive it. You got to be trained in it, right? And you've got to do it. You've got to act in it. Your actions are really important in how you follow God because it's following the way, the lifestyle that Jesus lived. You have to follow the way of Christ, right? Or else it does not produce in you what it's going to, right? You have to listen to the teaching. You have to follow it. It's wise. It's like a person who builds their house on a solid foundation. That's what it's like to follow Jesus, is to find the way of living, right? And though things come, it says it will not collapse because it's built on bedrock. I just like that word. Don't you like that? It's like bedrock. It's like, whoa, it sounds like, it's not just rock. It's like rock that's really firm and has strength in it. Doesn't it just make you have that strength feeling? And you're a different person when you feel like your life has strength. You live a different life. When you feel confident that your life is not going to fall apart, you're going to live a different life. Because you've had moments, haven't you, where you don't feel confident, 
and you're like, ah, and everyone's like, oh, that person's like, ah, and you're like, yeah, exactly. Instead of knowing that it being confident because our life is built on Jesus. So how do we build for lifelong strength? We're going to look at a couple of things here. We're going to look at another scripture, and we'll talk about three spiritual truths today about how to build for lifelong strength. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be misled. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. And the first spiritual truth we can see in the scripture is that you always harvest what you plant. All right, whatever you plant in your life will be what grows. Okay, if you're gonna plant your life into certain situations or certain kinds of ways of doing things, that will be what you reap in your life. And sometimes, you know, we don't like that. You know, we, we want to be able to do whatever we want to do. We want to have our cheat day where we just do whatever we want. Everyone want to have that day? Everyone want to have that day every day, right? <laughs> you know, and when you just eat whatever you want, you get the results. When you just act however you want to people, you're going to get the results. When you sow your life into doing what your way wants to do, you will get the results of what your way can bring, Right? And if you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different. Your actions have to be different. Your attitudes, the choices of your mind, the way that you speak, right? You have to begin to talk and think and act and walk and live in a different way in order to see something different happen in your life. And that's what training's about, partly, right? Is we have to learn. We have to be trained. You always default to what you've been trained to do. Right? They talk about that in the military. For those of you who've been in the military, I've not been, but I've heard many people speak about it is that they train you, they train you, they train you, and then in that moment when everything goes crazy, you default to your training. And if you've been trained right, you do it right. Right? And I love that about the military. I love how disciplined people are and, and how the training keeps them alive and the person next to them alive, and it's amazing. Right? And and it's, it's no mistake that God talks about us as being trained like in the military in the Bible, right? It says soldiers get trained. They get trained to do what it is. And he said, I'm trying to help you understand training. Or athletes, right? Athletes get trained in the same way. Or in other ways, we've been trained to think, to speak, right? To have certain attitudes about certain situations. As an example, in my life, I'll tell you something in my life. So I know that, a lot of men that I saw when I was young, and I don't, I don't mean my dad or my uncles or my family, just I just mean men across the board. It's a very common thing for men to go work really hard and kind of be a little cranky. Anyone had that kind of experience? Anyone feel, come on guys, you feel that way after you work really hard? And I know for me, I grew up thinking that it's like, well, you work really hard and it's okay if you're a little tired and a little bit crabby afterwards because you know what? You've worked hard. You deserve to do whatever you want to do. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I was trained to think that way. And I never thought that there was any other way to think about it. I thought, you know what? I've worked hard and people just need to deal with me because I've worked hard and they got to put up with it. 
because that's what I felt like I was trained. I mean, what, what I thought was right. That's what the training of my mind and my thinking of my talking of my attitudes just through life trained me to think that way. Sounds kind of normal, doesn't it? But one day I remember coming home to my family who were wonderful and just kind of being like, man, I've had a hard day. You guys just going to have to deal with it. And, and it, God just convicted of me so powerfully. He said, why do you have a right what right do you have? This is the way God talked to me. He said, what right do you have to treat your family like that? Tell me right now. I was like, oh my God. It just makes me become emotional thinking about it right now, that moment. It was a come to Jesus moment, right? We call it that, don't we? Jesus said, what right do you have to speak to your family like that? And I'll tell you what, my little argument there, well, I'm kind of tired because I've been working really hard. It didn't mean much. That meant nothing before God. It meant nothing before my family. And in that moment, it meant nothing before me. That argument was gone just like this. What right do I have to justify the way that I'm treating my family? And I made a decision that day that I will never justify it. That doesn't mean I'm always perfect at it, but I will never justify it because it's not right. You get it? Sometimes we've just been trained to think and to act, right? It's like, hey, what do you do when, you, when it's time to go party? Hey, let's go drink. That's what we do. That's what my family's always done. Let's go, let's go get drunk because, hey, that's what we do. And you, even if you're like, well, I know I'm not supposed to do that, but you still feel that pull because you're trained to think that maybe, right? Maybe that's the kind of family you came from or whatever. You get it, right? Apply it to your life. You've been taught to react certain ways and to think certain ways, and we have to get a different thinking, a different way in our mind. Because if we plant those kinds of things, if we justify those kinds of things, we're going to reap what those things grow into. They're going to grow into things that are bigger and bigger and bigger. And we go, where did that come from? But we've been growing it and watering it and justifying it in our lives for a long time sometimes. And we have to change that way that we think, right? If we live to satisfy or to, or to justify our sin, right, then God is not a part of that picture because we have told him that our way makes more sense than his way, right? Our way makes more sense than your way, God, because it's my way and I think I'm right. And we have to be humble in that moment and say, God, I've always believed this, but maybe there's a different way. Does it have to be like that or can there just be a different way? You know, maybe I need to find a different way, All right? If I want to sin whenever I want, you know, this, this scripture is teaching us that, you know, let me, let me read it back. It says, you harvest what you plant if you live only to satisfy your own sinful nature. In verse 8 there, right? If you live only to satisfy your own civil nat- sinful nature, you will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, right? And we see that in our lives sometimes. We see that and we go, where did it come from? It's because we've been planting our lives into that. And we have to begin to plant something different. But if we live to please the Spirit, it says it results in everlasting life, eternal life, godly kind of life, freedom kind of blessing life, which is what we want, isn't it? We want to be alive and to live, right? And we have to plant to have those kinds of things. We have to sow in our lives. We have to build our lives around those things. And it doesn't just appear and disappear. It grows, So for instance, let me just paint a little picture of some things for you. There are some disciplines, some habits that we know of that maybe we apply them at different places in our life. For instance, what about prayer, right? Are we sowing our life into prayer? Like, is that a deep part of our life that we're really 
we're running after to learn how to pray. Like, I gotta learn how to pray because I want to sow in prayer. I want to reap in prayer. If we're not doing that, then, then often at times our prayers are like this. Uh, God, I haven't prayed in a long time, but I hope that you fix all my problems. Okay, have a good day, bye. It's kind of framed like that, isn't it? And then we wonder why, why did God not just do what I asked him to do? Let's be honest. Have any of us prayed like that, <laughs> right? Is because we're not actually sowing prayer. We're just throwing words out, right? We're not really saying, we're going to pray. We're going to learn how to pray. We're going to live prayer. Prayer is going to be the culture of my life. For me and my family, we're going to learn how to pray. For me and my life, I'm going to learn how to pray. And we're going to be trained in prayer, right? We go, ah, oh, prayer doesn't work. Well, maybe the way we've been praying doesn't work, but prayer works. Read the Bible. Prayer works, right? We just need to learn. How about the Bible, right? It's another one. How about reading the Bible, learning the Bible, ingesting the Bible, meditating on the Bible, having that Bible close to us. It's like a lot of people say, oh, I tried reading the Bible and I, I don't know, right? But you have to dive in. You have to learn. I've been reading the Bible for, I don't know, 30 years of my life. And every time I read it, I learn something new. That's possible, but you have to run for it. You have to look for it. You have to not accept Right? You have to not accept that it's not going to give you something beautiful and wonderful. you got to run after that, right? Other things, training, right? We're talking about coming to church, being a part of a cell group, tithing. Try sowing your money and see what happens. It's powerful what God does, right? Ministry, learning how to minister to people, not just give advice. There's a big difference, right? Fellowship, learning how to connect with other Christians. You need other Christians in your life. And a lot of people that just go like, ah, no. I'm not going to learn how to hang out with other Christians. I'm going to not do that. Or worship. Got to come and worship. You've got to come and learn how to worship. If you sow in worship, you will reap the reward of what worship brings into the world, into God's life, into your life. It's an amazing thing. What are you planting in your life? Right, you harvest what you plant. So one of the, again, we're talking about how do you follow the way of Jesus? You got to harvest what you plant. That means you got to plant what you want to see. If you want to see things in your life, plant it and let it grow. Water that thing and see it happen. The second one, do good things at every chance. All right, so we see this in the scripture. It says, therefore, we have, as we have opportunity in verse 10, we have opportunity we should do good to everyone. Actually, let's go back to verse nine. Let's not get tired of doing what is good, right? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So do good at every chance. And I, that sounds kind of simple, doesn't it? How many think that sounds kind of simple? It's like, oh, do good things. But when you go to try it, it's actually harder than you think, isn't it? Because oftentimes we do things that are good for us instead of seeing what's good for everybody, right? What's good for the person in front of me? It's usually us or them. I have to pick it's good for me or good for them instead of being what's good for all of us. Why do we do things that are good for all of us, right? This is not like a I hate lose-lose perspectives, right? Either I lose and you win or you lose and I win. That's not a good way to have a relationship, right? Or we just both lose because some people are like that, aren't we sometimes? I think we're all like that sometimes. It's like, if I can't win, we're both going to lose. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? <laughs> you know, instead of thinking win-win, let's win, let's everyone win. Do good at every chance. Right? And I think what happens is sometimes we get frustrated at doing good because we say, like, does it really make a difference? Does it really matter? Does, you know, what I do really matter. Is it really going to make that much of a difference? And the answer is yes, 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 yes. It really matters. 
It really matters what you do. Your life is extremely significant. You are the only one of you that will ever exist. You're the only person that has your relationships, that has your life, that has your connections, that has your influence. You are the only person. And what you do matters. Absolutely. 100%. Right? I remember I made a promise to God uh, 20 years ago or so. God was challenging me on some things. Will you, will you, will you? And I said, God, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling there. I'm resisting. I can feel it. Because I was very resistant to God in my life for a long time. And I've had to learn how to not be. And I made a promise to God. I let go of it. I said, God, I promise you, whatever you put in front of me, I will say yes to. Whatever it is, good or bad, whatever it is, if I know that you're the one putting that in front of me, I will say yes to it. Right? And it's been a challenge of my life. I've had been challenged many times in that. There's times that things have been put in front of me. I won't even tell you. And God's like, hey, what are you going to do? Yes, God. I will do it. I will help. I will be good. I will be good to that situation. I will do good in this moment. Right? And you will reap a harvest. That's a promise, right? You will reap a harvest. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about building something for the future. Reaping a harvest if you do not give up. And I want to I encourage you, I want to call some of you today, because I feel that some of us, not all of us, but some of us are in a position where we've given up on some things, right? Maybe all of us at parts of our lives give up at times. What have you given up on that you need to go back and go, you know what? I'm not giving up on that. I'm not giving up on my prayer life. I'm not giving up on Jesus. I'm not giving up on marriage. I'm not giving up on relationships. I'm not giving up on myself. I'm not giving up on success. I'm not giving up on God. I'm not going to give up right? Because God's told me that I will reap a harvest if I don't give up, right? Let's not give up on the things that God puts in front of us. And number three, to treat everyone well. This is a good challenge, isn't it? If you want to see the power of God grow in your life, treat everyone well, and I put especially family, especially family. And that means your family, and it means your church family. Because sometimes we can kind of treat each other a little bit like, whatever, because we're all so different, right? In, without God, many of us would never be in the same room with each other. But God brought us together. And we either have to believe that it's an accident, and we're like, whatever. Or we have to believe that God put us together for a reason. Because he wanted us to be together to make a difference for him here. Here in our time. For us, yes. For our families and for other people's lives, right? Do you believe that God put us together or do you believe it's accident? You got to think about that, right? Anyone could, God could put you anywhere in the world and you're here. Why? You got to believe it's either God just like makes mistakes. You're like, ah, oh, whatever, God. Or you got to believe that God puts you here for a reason, right? For, and for whatever time you're here, right? How long will that be? I don't know. I'm not God. But while you're there, what will you do with the time you've been given? While you're here together, what will you do with the time that God gave us together? Right? Well, that's why it's so important to treat everyone well, because sometimes you don't know how long that time's going to be. A lot of times we treat people, especially family, like, oh, I'll be nice to them next time. <laughs> Am I right? All right. Is anyone else like me? I do that. Anyone else do that? Right? Oh, I'll be nice to you next time. I'll see them later. I'll, forget, you know, I'll say I'm sorry then or whatever. We kind of we take it for granted a little bit instead of every moment we have. Right? Oh, I want to give you my best. I want to give you, I want to love you my best. I want to give my heart to you the best. I want you to know that I love you. You know, my uncle, ah, this is kind of heavy, but 
I'm going to say it anyway. It's a little heavy, but you get the point. My uncle was telling me a story a couple years ago about when his dad passed away. And he was like, he was with his dad. And then he's like, oh, I got to go to work. And he was like, he said, the truth was, I really didn't have to. And so he left to go to work just to go do some stuff. And his dad passed away while he was, while he was at work. And he said, I've never given, forgiven myself for that. And, uh, and it just impacted me because it was my uncle, you know, talking about that. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really powerful, you know. Like, I really respect him. I really think about him. And I didn't see how much he had regretted a little choice that he'd made in his life, you know. And sometimes we can make those little choices. I don't want to be heavy about that. You get what I'm saying, right? Sometimes we make those little choices that have bigger implications than we think they do. You know, it's like, wow, I missed, I missed a moment. Even if it's a small moment, I missed that moment. And I don't want to miss them anymore. I don't want to miss them anymore. I've only got so few of those moments, especially with your children, especially with your parents, right? especially in relationships. You only have so few of those moments. You want to take those opportunities. All right? It's easy to neglect family or to take them for granted or God. It's easy to neglect God. I don't need to go to church. There's like 52 Sundays in a year. If I go to 10, I'm good. Or we can miss out on what God's trying to do in our lives so many times because God's wanting to work. He's wanting to lead us through things. He's wanting to help us plant things, right? We give our best at our jobs, don't we? Because we have to. We, we at least make it look like we're doing our best, right? Because we're getting paid for it. But the things that you don't get paid for are actually more important in your life than the things you do get paid for. And I want to challenge you, encourage you, what you would give to earn, give it for free. Jesus said it to us, right? What, what you've received, said freely you've been given, freely give, Freely you've been given. Whatever's been given to you by God, give it away. Whether it's one word of encouragement, give it away. Whether it's one word of blessing, bless somebody, right? Never miss an opportunity to bless somebody. Why? Because you want to. Completely just out of love. And I promise you, if you give out of love, you will love more. Because you're loving more as you do it, right? It's just part of life. As you kick on the flow of love, you're just going to love things more. If you want to love your life, go invest in it. If you want to love your family, go spend time with it. If you want to love your spouse, go spend time together. That's why you fell in love in the first place, right? Go spend time. Fall in love. Be in love. Be in love with God. If you want to know God, be in love with God. Spend time with him. Spend time with him. If you want to love the Bible, spend time in it. You'll fall in love with it, right? Love what God has put in front of you and let that be the thing that you treat well. Serve. If you're going to serve, serve with the most excellent effort. John 12, verse 25 says, Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for the life in this world will keep it for eternity. And what that means, the context of that is saying, if you hold so much to your way, to your way of thinking, your way of living, my life, right? Then we was like, my life, right? Then we'll miss God's way. We'll miss the way of God, the way of love, the way of hope, the way of blessing right in front of us. I just want to ask you guys to make a decision today before we end. We're going to pray. We're going to do that. But what's one area this month you can grow in, right? If Jesus is the way and we're going to learn how to live with him our whole life long, we're going to build, we're going to plant, we're going to grow we're going to let God grow his spirit in us, his kingdom in the world, his power, his influence, his, his presence in our lives. What's an area this month that you can invest in, that you can grow in? Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's reading the word. Maybe it's getting up 10 minutes early, 15 minutes, half an hour. I'll tell you, I go for a walk with God every morning. I just, I love to go for a walk with God. If I sit there, 
you know, like five in the morning and try to read, I fall asleep. That's no good. Rain, shine, sleet, hail, I go for a walk with God every morning. And it is the best time of my day. I just go for a walk. I just go talk to God. Listen to some worship music and just talk to Jesus. Hey, God, how's it going? Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm thinking. Sometimes God talks back. Sometimes he just listens. Sometimes it's just like, hey, we're together. You know? You know what's funny? is one of my favorite things to do with my wife, too, is just go for a walk with her. Just go walk and talk and move. If you're a mover, go move. If you need to go sit, go sit. But find Jesus. Find God, right? Find him. When I was, when I was young, I used to, this sounds so crazy even saying it, I used to just go on a date with God. i go, I'm going to go have dinner. And they'd be like, did you go by yourself? And I'd be like, yeah. It's like, how do you tell someone? No, nah, I went with God. Sounds so weird, right? I'm just going to go to dinner and hang out with God. And it was some of my favorite times was just to spend time with Jesus. And God spoke to me so deeply in some of those times. Do not be afraid to be alone with God. Find him. Pray. The Bible, maybe it's church. Maybe you want to make a commitment. Hey, you know what? This month, I'm going to, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there and worship. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to be there ready to worship. Because sometimes it takes us a little while, right? You know, we come in late. And we're like, last song. Oh, I got to worship last. Come and learn how to worship, right? Get here. Get here and be a part of it. Come and be a part of what God's doing. Is there something that you can commit to God this month? That's the question. What can you do that you can grow? You don't have to do everything all at once. In fact, I encourage you not to. I think it'd be a really bad idea to try to do everything all at once. Pick one thing. Say it with me, one thing. What can you focus on? What can the Holy Spirit, like, you know, God will tell you what's in your heart, you know? He'll be like, hey, what about this? Do you believe the Holy Spirit can lead you? He'll lead you into one thing. What's one thing that you need I want to ask you to commit that to, the God, to, to God today. Why, why don't we stand up? We're going to pray. As you're standing up, I'm just going to recap this for you. We want to live our life, our whole life long. Say it, our whole life long. So you got to plan. you got to think about living your whole life with Jesus. Not just a day or a week or a moment or an hour a week. What's it going to be like to live my whole life? How can I build my life to live with Jesus? Well, you harvest what you plant. You learn how to do good things at every chance and to treat everyone well, especially the family. Family of God and your own family. Amen? When we close our eyes, we're going to pray for a minute. I'm going to give you a chance to respond. If you have that one thing, I'm challenging you to think about it. If you know what that is, if you don't, you can go in and think about it, of course, but maybe you have an idea of what that one thing is this month that you want to see changed in your life. Something about yourself, an attitude, a sin you need to lay down, maybe a, a person you need to connect with better. Someone you need to bless. Maybe it's just being a blessing. Your attitude, the way you talk, right? Maybe it's prayer, or reading the word of God, or spending time with your family, right? If you know what that is, you want to commit that to God. I want to ask if you'd do that with me this morning. Let's begin there. If you want to like, I just encourage people to like take it like it's something in their hand. You're going to present it to God. You want to hold it out to him. Say, Lord, this is an area of my life. This is a part of who I am that I want to see you move in. I want to start to sow your word, your spirit into this part of my life. You know, you're all unique. Say it to God. Say it out to him. You, you say it to your, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking. Say, God, I want to learn how to pray or I want to, I want to commit to this. 
I want to commit to training. I want to commit to your word. I want to commit to church. I want to commit to people. I want to commit to eating better or to thinking differently. Let's just present it before God. Hold it up before Jesus. Say, Jesus, I present this before you today. This is the, this is the decision I feel is in my heart. Lord, lead me, direct me. I want to live your way. I want to follow your way. And I pray that you would show me how to live this part of my life your way. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Not my way be done, but your way be done. Would you teach me? Ask ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, would you teach me? Would you lead me? Would you train me? Would you help me? Would you guide me? Would you fill me with your presence? Fill me with ideas and dreams and inspiration about this part of my life so I could see something shift in the way that I act or, the, or whatever, whatever this is, Lord, that I would see a change that in a month I'd look back and go, God did something in my life because I committed it to him. Also, I want to give a chance for some of you to pray. If you've given up, if you particularly felt like you've given up on some things in your life. And you're like, yeah, there's, there's some places in my life that I've, I've just given up. It's true. I did it. I made that decision. I gave up on it. If you're willing to start to not justify it anymore, if you want to start something new right now today where you're not going to justify it any longer, You know what I mean? When you justify that you've given up on something. Well, it's because of this and it's because of that. But you know in your heart you need to not give up on it. If you want to make that decision today, I want to ask you all to come forward. I want to ask you to come forward and present yourself before God. And God is going to give us a new perseverance and a new sustenance, a new new power, a new strength that we're going to to live with him. Come, Come right now.